0: Welcome to another edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Our guest today is Lynthia Ross. She is the Chief Public Relations Officer for the Richmond County School System. Before we start asking Lynthia questions, though, we want to uh, sort of tell you how we believe this show fits into the foundational concept of Local Matters. As you know, every week, we've talked about various local and state government topics, uh, and those are organizations that tax us in exchange for providing services. Well, there is another set of entities in the state of Georgia that does the same thing, and that is our school systems. In Georgia, we allow school systems to set their own tax rates And the county tax commissioners are responsible for collecting those taxes and forwarding those to the school systems for a fee, I I might add. Uh, In several other states, it's a different format. For instance, in North Carolina, where I used to work, um, the county did all of the taxation uh, and actually set the budget for the school system. In the state of Georgia, school systems are allowed a lot of additional autonomy by setting their own tax rates um, through the elected officials that you elect to serve on the board of the school system. Uh, In Richmond County, the school system gets approximately two-thirds of the total property taxes that are collected. So, indeed, I consider them to be a branch of local government, even though they are entirely autonomous. And over the last few weeks, like everyone else, I've had various topics related to COVID-19. We've talked generally about the need to follow the instructions of our authorities during times of trouble. We've talked about how Augusta University Health has led the way on the healthcare front and uh, testing and uh, managing the disease here in the CSRA. And last week, we talked about the response of our state government. Today, I'm proud to tell you we're going to talk about our school system. Uh, we have Lynthia Ross, who's Chief Public Relations Officer for Richmond County Schools, with us. Lynthia, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Good morning, Janice. Thank you for having me, and good morning to your audience in Augusta and the CSRA.
0: Great. Thanks for being with us. First off, Linthia, this is a new job for you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your role and responsibilities with the school system?
1: Absolutely. Uh, as you know, I've, I've been with Richmond County School System for about five or six weeks now. I think like many, many of the, your listeners, the days from from coronavirus have kind of started running together. But
0: For me. Okay, great. Well, we have that in common. I'm a graduate of A.R. Johnson as well, but it was A.R. Johnson, the middle school, which makes me a little (laughs) bit older than you. In fact, we were officially a junior high school back then. I think I was in one of the last couple classes while they were still a junior high school before they transitioned into the magnet school concept. So that sounds like you actually, at that point, were interested in healthcare as a career and and made actually,
1: a switch <laughs> actually i was so it's uh, it was my, my my childhood dream to become a cardiologist and of course college has a way of helping us realize what we're cut out for and what we're not so at, at some point i realized i wasn't so fond of blood but i was extremely good and interested in writing and talking which I should have known from, from my elementary days when my report cards always said Lydia is extremely low So So <laughs> it's, it's been a natural a
0: natural fit for me. Communications has really been, been a great, great opportunity, and I've enjoyed it most, most of my, all of my career, actually. All right, that's great. I'm glad you found something that you love. I mean, that's the um, goal for all of us, is to figure out how do we use the talents that God has given us To advance uh, ourselves, um, to find the right profession, and to uh, use that in a way that benefits others. So we're glad we're glad that you have found your calling there. Um, Given given. Given the fact that uh, you are operating within your calling, and um, this is an opportunity for for us to just uh, dialogue a little bit about the changes um, and the impacts of COVID nineteen on our children and family members, as I've uh, watched the scenes on television and talked to some parents, I've checked my Facebook page, and I see uh, what some of the parents of uh, school age kids are going through right now. I said, "Well, this looks like homeschool." with guidance. And I have always been terrified of homeschooling. I've had a couple friends that said, oh yeah, if I had time, I would definitely have homeschooled my kids. You know, if I didn't have to work full-time outside of the home, I would have done it. And my response has always been Absolutely not. There is no way that I would want to do that because I don't consider myself a natural educator. In particular, I might do pretty good with other folks' kids, but I don't think I would do well with my own at all. So I know that this period has to be a little scary, maybe a little intimidating for some of the parents who are having to to do that right now. Um, and I just uh, wanted you to talk a little bit about from a school system's perspective, uh, what resources have you all been able to put in place to help and support some parents who may be just terribly afraid of everything and all the implications of this?
1: Sure, Janice, thank you. That's actually a great point. Uh, Many parents, I I myself am a parent as well of a seven-year-old in second grade. Many parents are at home. Because they're working from home, so they're teleworking, and they're also trying to fill in the gaps and help their students master the assignment or comprehend, understand the assignments that their teachers have given them. And it, we've heard, as you said, it's overwhelming. Um, parents were kind of out out the gate. Some some terrified, like, what am I going to do? Or, yeah, we know that math is different. We've seen some memes on Facebook about carry the one versus expanded form of math, and all those things that you know, education has changed since many of our parents were in school. And so we've we've had to to make sure that in in the beginning of this, we asked our teachers to talk with their students and assess, their capabilities or their access or techn- access to technology, and so technology has really been a big piece of this time of distance learning. But we also realize that there are gaps in technology. You know, some people considered technology or access to the internet as, oh, I have a cell phone that I can connect to the internet too. We saw that with some of our, our high school students uh, when we did a, a distribution of laptops recently, that they were they, they thought that they had enough technology because they're used to using their cell phones or their handheld devices. But when you're trying to complete more comprehensive assignments and and it goes longer than a couple of weeks or a few weeks, that gets to the point where it creates a little fatigue. And so we heard that from students. We've heard some fatigue from parents who are still trying to juggle and manage their work and their other responsibilities and then also be engaged in their student home-based learning so we've, we've what we've, we've done from the beginning is always just reiterated the message that our team our teachers our principals our district staff we're not gone We might not be in a physical building or we may not be delivering the services in the way that we traditionally have, but we are still very much involved in a resource for parents and for our students.
0: All right. And I'm sure our parents are very appreciative of uh, teachers being available um, to assist with that. Um, As you uh, really think about the situation, what we've been through and where we're going. Let's talk about some of the things that we think are best and worst about this. Um, I know on Facebook yesterday, one of my friends posted a, a um, question said, You know, everybody can talk about the negative things, but let's talk about some of the positive things that have emerged as a result of this very unusual uh, time in our lives. So, as you think through that, um, Lynthia, is there something? In particular, that uh, we consider can consider a really good thing that has come out of this, from the perspective of the Richmond County school system.
1: I actually, there are actually quite a few, Janice. We've had increased parental engagement so people are spending more time with their families at home. And 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 while while we have to acknowledge that that maybe not all homes have the capacity to meet a child's needs be they emotionally or in education or resources, um, by and large, people are investing the gifts of time in their in their children. And so that, that in itself I've, I've seen as a positive impact or we've seen the positive impact of that. We also know that our staff, like our teachers, are doing some creative things. I've seen Zoom sessions where teachers are – Spending the time teaching lessons with their students on different levels. I've seen that in middle school and high school. We've seen some elementary school teachers using Google Classrooms to deliver content or to kind of help their students manage and navigate this. We've seen teachers making good old fashioned pick up the telephone call and dial their students. We've had principals who've done that, and students who've who, who called called their teachers just to just to check in and have that that personal connection so I think it's bringing us back back together and it's built relationships in a new way that are stronger between our students and teachers and parents and then we've also seen a, a tremendous wraparound and outpouring of support from the community and so during the the initial closures, we started our meal distribution program And the community partners that that jumped in to say, hey, we want to be there. We want to help. We want to make sure that families who don't have access to transportation to get to a pickup site can still get meals and have food to eat. So we've had a number of community partners jump in and bridge that gap for the community. And they've done it for the long term. So that's been really tremendous. And technology, we've had. partners to offer affordable internet options some of them even offering a couple or a few months free so that people who who maybe had a laptop or had a a mobile device but didn't have internet connectivity could have that so that they'd be able to tap into some of the more robust digital online learning resources Mm -hmm. so that's been great and then with the system if I can if I can keep going yes, go in right there. Yes, go right ahead. We've been evaluating, excuse me, we've been evaluating ways to enhance technology um, and, and actually piloted this school year, the 2019-2020 school year, in a few of our schools, a new learning management system. And what that does is it, put, it, it actually creates a digital classroom platform. And so we had plans to roll that out over the next 18 months, but with the closures related to coronavirus, we've been able to accelerate that and introduce it to more teachers, more schools already, and anticipate having that fully rolled out in the fall. And so with that we're looking at how we can make sure that there's a more universal approach where we to be in this situation again um, we know that, that now they're kind of people doing things differently based on what their student feedback was that's, that's kind of how teachers put together their plans so with this we know that we'll have a more consistent approach in the event that this happens and our teachers will have a platform that to be able to develop their, their learning content and uh, help determine if students are mastering the content kind of, and give them feedback in real time.
0: Okay. All right. You know those that do sound like very, very significant positive things that have come out of that. Especially as you talk about the ability to build and enhance relationships, uh, both inside the home between parent and student, as well as between the principals and teachers and parents and students. So that's great. It seems like it has uh, opened up also opportunities for. additional uh, creativity and flexibility. It it seems like a time for all of us to sort of think, reflect, and figure out how we can do better next time. Is that how it's feeling to you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I love it. I don't like coronavirus, but I I do. I, I think the mayor said it in his editorial this weekend, that new novel, the newness, novel coronavirus is so appropriate because it's new. It's something that we've never experienced before. And I've, you know, I've heard from some parents that in districts that they came from, if they moved here or, or from other states, in some states, students all across the state have a universal technology platform that for, you know, and maybe, in, it might have been North Carolina or South Carolina, but at every single school, every student gets a laptop assigned to them, and and those there's a, a program that that kind of when they transition or when all the laptops are you know, three years old or five years old, they turn those in and they're replaced. And so, I'm not sure if we're there, but I do think that 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 kind of this novel coronavirus, this new thing, has kind of helped us. Have those conversations in a meaningful way and look at what will be best practice for our students going forward. So we're talking about technology access and gap. We know that in our rural areas and in the inner city, there are places that don't have access to internet. There's just it just doesn't exist. We don't have that infrastructure. and putting in that infrastructure, it does. we do have a responsibility to serve our students no matter where they are. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're leveraging whatever technology resources we have or that we have access to to make sure that our students can have the best outcome.
0: Okay, very good. And now on the other side of the coin, um, are there any... Um, lessons learned or worse things that happen about this? If you all uh, think about it, something you would do differently uh, if we had to do this all over again. Um, just is, Are there any um, things here that um, we would want the public to think about in terms of the worst aspects of all of this? Janet, it, it's really been
1: the, the gap. The dis- where, where there are disparities or gaps uh, in access. And that access could be technology, it could be access to you know, resources in the home, be it, you know, be it a parent who understands how to teach geometry if a student doesn't and they don't have that technology. There's just a number of, of things. But it, it, those the challenges really for this came down to gaps. And, um, we, we want to bridge those the best way, the best way that we can. And, and, and yeah, our, our mission, I mentioned our vision yeah, our mission talks about educating the whole child through teaching, learning, collaboration, and innovation. And this has definitely been, you mentioned flexibility, flexibility, it's been a time for us to be flexible and to really get our wheels turning to innovate, but it again those are building those relationships and collaboration some of the some of the best practices that have come out of this in our district have really come from where where teachers are collaborating with each other where they're collaborating with their students where they're 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 finding ways to be creative and innovate to reach their students where they are and so they've They've really, I've, I've been proud of the work that our teachers and staff have done to, to really make sure that we, we make the best of the situation. And I, and I think that the community has, has seen that. And I, I hope that our students and parents have seen that for a month as well.
0: Yeah, you know, I think so. One of the things I've gotten from it, too, and and luckily my daughter graduated and no longer have a child in uh, Richmond County Schools, Um, but um, I have lots of friends who are educators, and they are so disappointed that they can't be with their kids. I think this has made all of them realize if they weren't thinking about it before and you think about, oh, yeah, this teaching school is really aggravating. On the flip, I think now they realize and have come to understand that uh, as aggravating as things can be, as difficult as things can be at the heart of it, they just love those children. Uh, They love the opportunity to shape the lives of young people, uh, and they've dedicated their own existence to it. So they really miss the kids. And I Think they also will come out of this. In addition to the, you know, flexibility and creativity that you talked about earlier, they'll come in refocused and rededicated. Whenever it is that the school's uh, doors open again, I, I think our our teachers, counselors, principals are going to look at it differently uh, as well. Uh, Absolutely, this is one of those life
1: changing, life shaping experiences for for all of us, and and the impact. Will, will continue on us to, to it's going to make a marked impact on us for years decades to come i believe and I, it, it is a calling for most of our educators to to be able to share with students to love them to care about them nurture them and and help them become the citizens that that grow up and live and work and raise their families in our communities as well in our community as well. So it it's definitely different. You know, we've got thirty two thousand students, we've got fifty six schools, four thousand and more than four thousand employees. And and each of them touched students in a different way. I remember as a student you know, the the custodians at our school and the lunch the ladies that were in the lunchroom but each of them had an impact on my, on my, on my journey. And so we, we're, it's good to be part of a team like that. People who really care about what they do and, and really look to make student, make our students better and, and, and improve their experience in life and then make our community better too. The community, their community helpers, community partners.
0: They certainly do. And we and we want to acknowledge our appreciation for uh, all of those uh, professionals who work in the school system, as well as all the other positions. You know, you all have a ton of back office functions, you know, the finance and accounting yes. types, the human resources types, the communications type. So we really want to give a special shout out to all of you who uh, are pulling this together on behalf of the families and students in Richmond County. Um, before <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, Janice. We actually have to,
1: because of coronavirus, we usually have a job fair in the in the in the early spring. So it's actually going on now, but virtually. So I'd like to encourage people who really would want to be part of a team that is preparing our kids for life beyond the classroom to be contributors and, and to be the, the next generation of folks who are leaders in our community. And they can access our virtual job fair at RCboe.org. And there's a banner across the top that says virtual job fair. And you can do We're doing our entire onboarding process for the fall online. So we're doing digital interviews, digital applications, Digital onboarding, and so that was, a, that was a big change for us, but it's one that we've, we've had to innovate and really rise to the occasion. So people who want to be part of a good team and be, be, be able to invest what they have and their gifts with our, our students,
0: we, we encourage you to take a look and see what opportunities we have available. Okay, great. I know you all are always recruiting school bus drivers. In fact, I passed by a school recently and said, we're looking for drivers. Do you know if there are positions for drivers as well that are part of that virtual job fair? There are positions for drivers as well. Drivers,
1: teachers, office staff. We have bookkeepers. We have custodians. We have food and nutrition services.
0: okay great thanks for uh, getting that out is there any other message you want to share with our listeners before we close out your interview Lanthia?
1: really just thank you again Janice for having having me on today and for inviting the school system to share some information with your listeners just want to reiterate what we're actually going to be making some changes uh, the the last day for distance learning will be May the 8th and that's something that our your listeners will hear more about in the in the days ahead. And um, beginning on April fifteenth, which is today, after today, our teachers won't be presenting any new content. So there won't be any new information for parents to help their children learn or review, or for our teachers to. Uh, be teaching our students in that time. So what, what parents and students will see between now and May the 8th is a review of information that we know that they should have mastered or should have a, a pretty good grasp of at this point in the school year. And so we're our teacher, teachers will be kind of in just reiteration or reinforcement mode, um, no new assignment will go home for grades so what it'll be is just an opportunity for students to improve on the grades that they have so that they aren't penalized for any absences that really are beyond their control they had no control over coronavirus so we we definitely were when we got the guidance from the state department of education to, to support not penalizing students for this time away from the traditional class setting. We're really glad to implement some changes to our policies to support our students and parents in that.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that information with us, Lynthia, You've been a wonderful guest, and um, it may be that I call on you sometime later on over the summer to talk with us again. We appreciate it so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Dennis.
0: All right. Take care. Well, uh, listeners, I certainly hope you've enjoyed getting that great information from our Richmond County school system. Uh, As usual, I've got a few other topics I want to cover before I close out. Uh, First, relating to the census, I talk about census almost every week. And yes, I'm talking about it again. Um, As you may know, the uh, census. Period was supposed to close at the end of July. Uh, That deadline has been moved for the self-response period. Let's be clear about that. The time for self-response has now been moved to August the fourteenth. We do understand that Congress may consider a further extension of the self-response period. Uh, They may uh, consider that sometime soon. The Census Bureau has made a recommendation that the self-response period be extended through the end of October. Uh, But as of right now, the end date is August the 14th, which means that April 1 is census day, but that does not mean that that is the last day that you can complete your census form. You just respond as of who was in your household on April 1st. So please, you have, like I said, you have until August the 14th, but um, it's best to do it right now, right away. So please don't hesitate uh, to reach out and uh, contact Uh, The census either respond via mail, via telephone, or via Internet. Uh, Also, uh, the applications for uh, absentee voting have gone out. Uh, Please turn those back in. You may have heard that the Georgia Secretary of State has uh, moved Election Day until June 9th. Uh, That is the date for in-person voting now, June 9th. As I close, as always, I tell you, you can go to reach out to me on my website, Uh, To the contact us page, you can suggest any other topics for us. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, please uh, reach out to us there. Uh, we've picked up a new sponsor, which is the Augusta Regional Airport. We're so happy to have them on board uh, as a new sponsor of our program. Always at closeout, I give you one of my favorite Bible verses. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your community and offering you wisdom for decision making to make sure that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Tune in again next Wednesday, 1.30 p.m. because local matters. Thanks a lot.